Petersfield's Shine Radio. Hello, dog lovers, and welcome to Dogs with Jobs. We're going to have a big change of pace and subject indeed this week. I'm thrilled to bring you an interview with an incredibly knowledgeable man, Harry Parsons, on the subject of pest control. Uh, Basically, he runs a rat pack of around 30 Celium Terriers. And it's not just about ratting, um, though we are talking about that. So if you're of delicate disposition, this might be one not to listen to. We're not going hunting for rats, but we are talking about it in a fairly practical way. Uh, But the second reason why I found him so interesting was that he's talking about a particular terrier, the Celium Terrier, which is a wonderful Welsh breed that is teetering on the edge of extinction. It's considered a vulnerable breed. And as he talks about, uh, there were fewer than 140 Celium Terriers born last year. That's very difficult for a breed to keep going at those sorts of numbers. And uh, Harry is single handedly uh, responsible for this breed still being around and so he's really interesting on that perspective as well Um, he also talks about running a hunt you know of rats which is a hundred percent legal there's nothing illegal going on here Uh, vermin control is one of the exceptions under the hunting act so rest assured that this is all above board Uh, he's also interesting because he talks about having control of his pack and that's something that comes up again and again uh, with some of the episodes that we've had that have talked to people who are running a pack of dogs or um, hounds so it's all about your relationship with the pack and your control of the pack and he's interesting on that too so enjoy so this month i guess for this episode i'm at the game fair which is i think it's the biggest gathering of uh people all over the country isn't it who are in, involved in um country, country sports yeah, i guess country sports, yeah. and i'm sitting with harry parsons who is the absolute expert on Celium Terriers. Now, if you don't know Celium Terriers, they're absolutely gorgeous little dogs, aren't they? Tell us about them, Harry, and thanks for chatting to us. You really need to own one. If you're looking for a terrier that's a biddable and it's intelligent and it's easy to live with, single-handed dog, I've got 30 of them, but if, if you picked any one of my terriers and took it home here, you wouldn't want to part with it. They are very... Uh, they're just a bit of boy, easy to live with terrier and hunting them as a pack I've had up to 15 couple out and had success of mainly we clear rats because and the main one of the main reasons we do it is because we we don't like to see rats poisoned because if it Why takes not? five or six days for a rat to die when it's poisoned barn owls can pick them up other pets can pick them up cats or dogs orcs eat them and you, you get secondary poisoning we found barn owls bleeding through the eyes with a wolverine in the poison so if we go and take out the rats and chicken farms pig farms anywhere there's a rat problem and there's no poison being used that's but i've got to say i'm not trying to get out of it by saying that's why i do it i love doing it i love the hunting instinct in the dogs and watching them work and marking them you know dogs tell us where they are everyone we've took out has never been hunting before or even known about hunting rats for terriers everyone enjoys it down to little children up to people who are in their 70s or 80s so it's a, and yeah. do you go every year back to the same places because i'm guessing that something like a poultry farm needs to keep rats down all the time well wherever there's food waste food there's going to be rats you're never too far away from a rat as you can look up and see but to me food waste and, and places like that of a night time I've done a lot of night work in, in London. I had a cleaning business and we was often doing night shift and we had to clean around the bins in the area. 
and even in London, you'd be surprised where we've seen foxes and all in London. But I mean, they're everywhere, and they are such a cunning animal. He's a clever animal, right? He deserves, he deserves a better death than being poisoned, even though I've come to appreciate a rat and like him, because he's he's the most important member of the the hunt. Your quarry is the most important member of the hunt. Without your quarry, you've got no hunting. Now I don't want to see rats extinct or exterminated but I like to see them killed humanely and a bite off a terrier one strong bite maybe a little shake and drop and mine normally just bite them and drop them and we've had up to 900 and odd rats in one day in one place yeah in one place we've had 480 I think it is in two hours that's me record for speed we didn't set out to do that with how many dogs I think on the day we had the the lot of them we probably had 12 13 terriers and the day we had the nine nine hundred, we probably had, I probably took ten terriers, and then people come at our bred celiums and celium Russell crosses, mm. come and help us as well. Because where it's hot, you've got to set it up first. You've got to put, you've got to get. It's no good going letting dogs out when it's red hot summer. You've got to have, you've got to have water bowls. You've got to have somewhere where you can dip the dog in water, cool them down. So they're really working hard. They can overeat. So you've got to put a bit of pre-work into a rat hunt. If you just go. I've seen dogs who they call it, they, they cook, they get so hot, but they're so excited. And we keep an eye on the ones that are like that, and I'll take them away for 10 minutes, soak them down, put them back in the... We always try and find a shaded place for the vehicle. So you've got a quite a lot of thought that goes into it. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's through learning through disasters, really. Some dogs, have, we've, we've seen people that don't pick their dogs up, they get so excited, and I've warned them. I said, look, let the dog have a break and give it some water and soak it down and then it'll carry on killing otherwise you're going to lose your dog so can I ask you some basics are the terriers on leads when you go ratting no right so not mine no okay not mine because I've got full control of them as a pack but people come along that was my question because I've seen footage and I've heard people talking about going ratting with terriers and keeping their terriers on long leads because they get so overexcited that they I they think, don't necessarily come back, but your pack view, is not doing it. Yeah, from my point of view, I would never keep a dog on a lead if it's hunting. It's, if you've got control over it, we've had people come back with a, a, a few, three-year-old sealing who's never seen a rat, and a chap was a bit embarrassed to let it off. And I said, no, leave it. He said, it's never killed a rat. As soon as you let that dog off, it went for a rat, naturally, and it bit it on the nose. After that dog got that bite, it was hunting and killing rats as good as anything that I'd... In so heavy duty instinct then. In yeah, the it's hardwired. You won't. You can't take instincts out of a working dog, no matter what the show people tell you. They always say, "Oh, it's been bred out," and they show dogs now. Nonsense. You can't take the instinct out of a terrier. If I could, I'd be a multi-millionaire. You can't. <laughs> it's like saying you take the instincts out of a human, it, and you shouldn't want to. And their instinct is, it, it's in them. It was bred as a vermin-controlled dog, and you shouldn't want to take the instincts out of it. But the celium is not. He's not foolhardy. You know, he, brains will always beat brawn. It's always thought pattern with a ceiling. You can see them when they're working. That's the beauty of them. Is that why you like them so much? Yeah, because they tell you. If, if one of them won't come away, her tail stands dead still. She'll, she'll turn around bark and go back there. And, it, uh, and what does that mean? There's a rat in there. And the minute we get the rats out, her tail start going back and forward. And it's the same when we're out hunting. If we and is that because you've trained her? No, or is that no, totally no, no, no. It's, it's through observation of that dog making me watch her not coming away. Because my dogs know more than about what they're hunting than I do. I, can, I used to be a different person. I thought I knew more than the dog. 
and it was my dogs I was a bit I was a bit stupid really I suppose I was uh, uh, thought it was mucho macho to have a dog and look at me and but no my dogs are right and I, they've put me wrong on numerous occasions so I decided they take me out now I'll go with them take them to the place and I watch them and by reading them they've all got different ways like if I if I took a, a dog up to a if we, was, if we had a, a, a fox a fox problem and it was killing chickens or pheasants you would take this this little dog would do the same thing if you took it there and her tail would go slowly back and forth that's meant it was a badger and I knew because when it was a fox it would go like that her tail would vibrate and you're shaking so I, your hand from I, time I, to time yeah okay. and having the brains you could pick the dog up yeah. because you don't want your dog going near a badger or going after a badger it, yeah. it's wrong and to distinguish that it keeps you out of trouble tell me how they become so rare because I, I think you've got a sign up just on your stand yeah. here that says 138 terry yeah. puppy is that puppies born or litters born no last puppies. year puppies. puppies so that's 138 celium terriers born in an entire year yeah that is very small as well, a you number, need isn't it? two why well, have they you got need, so rare? You need three to five hundred puppies a year to sustain any breed. Okay. Right, so in 2009 when we took it on, there was only 43 pups bred. So something had to be done about it. And I didn't know then that I'd be sitting in there and how hard it's going to be. Because you are, you are like the face of the campaign. Well, I don't like Celium to it, And I don't way. like the word expert. I mean, you dissect expert. Yeah. It's, an ex is someone you're no longer with and a spurt happens under pressure. What's an expert? <laughs> Who tells an expert they're an expert? Okay. I, I, I've been around dogs for a long time. Let's I've call met... you an enthusiast then. Yeah. So okay. why, why have the, explain how the numbers have got so small? And we, we were talking about this a little earlier. For anyone who doesn't know. A fashion food. thing and all, like brogues. They come in fashion, went out of fashion. I said I'd never wear a pair of brogues when I was young. They're the nicest shoes you can put on. And the celium, I suppose, he was selling to America in the 1920s and 30s. Money is equivalent today because we brought it up on a computer. What was this money? It's between, we've never found one cheaper than £70,000 up to ninety grand. This is before the Second World War. Yeah. Alan Buckley took a celium out there for a big American skyscraper, multi-millionaire, to, and he took the celium out there and it had a black mark on it. And Americans don't like markers on celiums. So he still signed a cheque, paid him for it, but he gave it to his chauffeur. He said, I want a pure white one. I had one here, last year I've done the show, a chap cut me, he said, I want one, I want a spot on the back, a spot on the tail, a spot on the tail, and a spot over the ear. So I had a, I had a couple of drinks at the time, it was getting on the evening, I was a bit fed up with the public. So I drew a dog like a child would draw one, the legs of the tail. I said, yeah, put the spots on where you want them. So he drew the spots on, he went, my word, he said, I heard you was good, but I didn't know it was that good. And I had a load of people watching, they knew, I said, well, listen, when you get the dog home, and the spots wash off, you won't bring me the dog back. I said, you're not buying a dog for the spots. It's got to be first and foremost, temperament, then intelligence. Then you can have all the spots wherever they come, it don't matter. If you was, it's like, it's like buying something just solely for looks. You've got to, you must breed for temperament first and foremost, in my experience. Then you can hunt a pack of 30 of them. Yeah, so I'm interested in that. So the dogs that you have brought with you to the show they're getting on a treat, aren't they? Is well, that... you've seen it, haven't you? You've yes. seen them, yeah, yeah. Is that... And I wouldn't necessarily expect a large number of terriers. And I haven't trained them or done much with them to that, to that score. So does that make them distinctive within the terrier world? Yeah. It makes me look good and all when I, when I shouldn't do, because they're easy to train, they're easy to get along, so that makes my job easier. And people think, because they see a load of bad dogs, well, ain't he a clever man with his dogs? I'm not. All I do is show them a bit of respect. My dogs work more for me now as I've got older for, out of love. 
than they did when I was younger, going, yeah, I've got these terrors, I'm this and I'm that. And my dog can do this, my dog can do that. I was an idiot, I was wrong. The celium, it, it's a bit like a fashion item and all. In the 30s, it come in fashion. What comes in fashion goes out of fashion. Yeah. So it's half a dozen different reasons. But it's not a well-known terrier, is it, in the country at large? No, that's because it went out of fashion ceiling. So there was a breed standard yeah. and presumably the breeding of celium terriers was yeah. to that show standard also, which does yeah. that and that I'm, I'm guessing here you tell me but but I was talking um, recently to um, somebody about beagles who said that for a long time the beagle standard was the same at crafts as it was within the show ring and then they diverged yeah they do they do they done it with the celium that same thing happened with the celium yeah if you look at a celium it would have been probably eight to Big dog or bitch would have been 12, 13 pound. Because mm. where they was put to go to badges, the holes are big and massive, but they'd they go down to that. So you need a little dog to keep following it. And also, Justin Lucas, who was an MP, had a pack of celiums, the Ulmer celiums. He made a statement in one of his books saying that if a celium is too clumsy and too big to kill rats fluently, it's a danger to the breed. Now, what he's making, that statement is right. Yes. If you've got a dog that run around and it can't snap up rats like my little ones there, they pick, if they're too, then don't breed from it. Because you, if you put big to big, you get big. Yeah. I find the opposite's attractive. If you've got something with not a lot of bone, mm. and she's slight, and you put heavy bone to that, you get the... So what's the optimal confirmation and shape for a celium terrier for working? I think... I don't really... I don't... Your little dogs out here, they're looking quite uniform. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting there, and that's, that's 30 years of work because I've done a first cross, three quarter, seven eighths, and a 15 sixteenths. And they've all worked, they've all been, I've not lost none of the qualities, first and foremost, temperament and intelligence. And that's why you see them all there. There's first crosses there, there's straight celiums, and there's seven eighths and 15 sixteenths in there. So, what are the crosses with? I go back to the sort of like Russell type fox terrier. Okay. And the old type, which it was the. Parson Jack Russell would give Edwards his first three Jack Russells and he put them across a it would have been a healer dog then a white a white healer dog which later become the Corgi so it's got Corgi I mean, it's got West Island White in it and uh, the Cheshire Bull Terrier which is now extinct he never kept meticulous records Captain Edwards but what he what we if I told you I knew exactly what a ceiling and how it was bred I'd be lying but I can have a good guess because of my research and uh in the early days, they did. They was sort of mobbed in with a fox terrier, but it wasn't a fox terrier. Jack Howell went to the kennel club and said to them, "No, it's a different breed. A celium is different from fox terrier." And he convinced them, and he got them registered. Tell us where they originate from. They come from celium, Pembrokeshire in Wales, celium mansion. The, uh, the the Tuckers were Flemish. They come over from Holland. They married into the Edwards family, and they were starting being put together about 18, late 1830s. And he just wanted to come up with a dog that was could, he could use it for otter hunting and badger digging and keeping down pests. Uh, they was Casey registered in 1910, but the greatest celium that ever lived was a dog was two. There was Huntsman and Pierre Gint. That Pierre Gint was born in 1903. His KC number is 1277Q. If you look that up, you'll see when he was born. Now, if they wasn't KC ready for 1910, how the hell was he, the greatest seed to ever live, or the purebred, the purest, say, 
he was the greatest purist. Couldn't have been because he wasn't Casey Reese until seven years off. His, his date of birth was January 3rd, 1903. So he fathered, and I can trace a lot of my dogs back to that dog, believe it or not. And as we're going up to the Kennel Club, down into the archives and checking with the records. Okay. The Kennel Club is a good thing. It's a good thing. It ain't a bad thing. And there are lots of records with all the breeding. Do you have lots of different lines in your pack? Yeah, how, I've how, got, tell I've me about got the breeding. three different... I can have... Yeah, you can... You don't want to go too close because there's not enough of them to do that. So by outcrossing them, I widen the gene pool. It's like the Kennel Club is interested in getting me crosses known. If they shut the gene pool down, Casey register them, and they can only go to a pure bred celium, mm. to a pure bred celium. So, say I've bred 40, and I can't go outside that circle. How long is it going to take me from inbreeding and breeding mutants? Yeah. So I said to them, I will let them be known by the Kennel Club. They want to. I like the Kennel Club. I'm not saying that I think blow my own trumpet. But if you let me bring new blood in every fourth generation, because if you do that, it stops genetic problems getting a foothold. And that's so obvious, isn't it? Yeah. It's so keep, logical to but then keep you get, new blood coming in. You get in. people who, see, a lot of judges, a lot of show people, I won't admit it, they great me for saying this, but I don't care. A champion to a champion gets a champion, and it doesn't. But the judge thinks, if I pick that dog out because his dad was a champion and the bitch was a champion, they think, I'm not a clever judge, so I picked a champion out. I, I went, when I was at Crufts, I went up to a, a terrier judge, I said to him, can you span this dog? And he went, what do you mean? I said, well, if you get a dog like that, your fingers and thumbs should meet, span it. And he never knew, and he was a terrier judge. Because if they can't get through there, a yeah. terrier's meant to work a nine-inch drain pipe. 90% uh, of mine won't get in a nine-inch drain pipe. I admit that myself. I'm getting there. The one at Will, Little Ethel, she's a three-quarter Russell quartz ceiling. So I bred the other way. Okay. I, I wanted to breed a Russell dog with a ceiling bitch and then a ceiling dog to... Yeah. But you're still prioritising temperament and then intelligence. Yeah, all the so time. So the size, you've got quite a lot of interesting thought processes, haven't you, around Yeah, I mean, it, 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 first and foremost, it, as I said at the beginning, no matter how big or little it is, it must be temperament paramount. Mm. And that's in all Justin Lucas's books. And he had six sets of kennels throughout the country. He had over 200 ceilings in one of his kennels, and he was spot on. Bearing in mind he lived in, he had property in the West End and ran the country houses, he had kennel maids looking after him. But his kennel maids, I managed to interview about six or seven of them before they passed away. Lovely ladies. And I've learnt more from them ladies of breeding dogs from any other terrier man. Because I think ladies are more eternal, and they know more about breeding. And, it, and it's some good faults. But I want to listen years ago. I'd have been down the pub going, yeah, shut would you know? It's time, as time rolls on. I <laughs> so just you're mellowing, are you? No, I'm, I'm just getting old. <laughs> and I don't like it. But, you know... What's the future holding? Because well, you're, be kind in of, my eyes you're a major figure in... I can't believe or I can't, I can't accept a world without Celia. Because if you look at Adam, Lord Kensington, Lord Grosvenor, Princess Margaret had two, Ilma Johnny, she had three, you know. No one knows about Ilma Smudge. She had Ilma Smudge, Ilma Johnny and Smudge. And they was taken to her with her breakfast tray every morning. The ceilings had to come while she had her breakfast. And Jocelyn Lucas, I've got a picture of him around there with Ilma Johnny boy. He handled that and it won the cup three times. He was only £15, lovely little ceiling. I've got one that really looks like him around there. But see... Do you have a favourite? No, I can't. I must... I'm in charge and that's it. I don't, I don't rule them with an iron fist. I, and I think I'm on e even terms with them, equal terms. I get on better with them. And I'm still learning. It's great. I still make big mistakes and I think, you know, what a fool. 
the man who knows everything is one of two things, is a liar or he hasn't been born yet. So as long as you're prepared to be open-minded, at least I have people coming today that told me how to do things, elderly people than me, and they're lovely to listen to because you can learn from our forefathers. And as all I've done, I ain't an expert in any, I've copied Sir Justin Lucas and Sid Bowyer, people like that had celiums in the early days. Now they bred them and why they bred them. What was your first celium terrier? How, how did you get I so involved one, with the I one had, breed? I, I got my, I got a female friend of mine to phone up a show person that had had a celium that was no good for showing. But show people didn't want me to have Lulu, her name was. And I was I had a business in London at the time, but I thought, well, I've got to get one. I kept it for a little while. My brother Mark had it, and he's better with dogs than I am. So he kept Lulu, and he had a, he had a Lucas Terrier, which he put on Lulu, and then we got some another stud dog and used that. Then I brought two in from France, Alice, and I brought one in my cousin. So you Alice. knew you want you had an interest in Celian Terriers. Oh yeah, from the books right being at school, then. yeah. Because when you read books like Terrier books when I was at school, it was whenever it come up about digging which was the, the main thing of a true terrier, is earthwork. It always seemed a celium, and it was always involved in badger digging. Not in a horrible way, it was because he was a dog who could stay back. If the badger charged him and bit him, there's your problem, there. If he don't retaliate, then the badger will go back. All he wants to do is live and get past him. And if push on, the dog stays in barks ladder, he'll let go and go back. You, so right from the beginning, there's that sense of restraint with the celium over the other terriers. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, he's definitely... And yes. that's knowing when they've met their match. And you take that intelligence back mm. indoors as a pet, yeah. they'll drive you mad because they won't give up on something. They're so determined. And what's your relationship with them like? Are they in kennels at home? I've got them everywhere. Do they come in the I've house? I've got them in kennels, yeah. We've got the old ones retired by the Arga. We've got probably about five or six living in the kitchen. <laughs> We're fortunate that we found a sponsorship a few years ago. I was about to give it up. And I can't say the names, they're very private people, but I couldn't believe what they've done for us. And they've been amazing up until, you know, right up to this moment. But I need to find more sponsors. If things change, I need more than one person because it's going to take. And this is sponsors for the furtherance of the breed and. That's all, yeah. yeah. yeah I'm going to be buried with dogs. I've buried them at the place I am now as they're dying. People have even come back with their celiums that. They said, can I bury them with their relations area? Our apple orchard has got probably 20-odd ceilings in there from over 10 years that have got old. And I've left a gap in the middle where if I'm, if I'm burnt or buried, whatever one I want to go in amongst the ceiling, I don't want to go down a graveyard with people. You sound like you love them. Yeah, I do, I suppose. I do. But, but they're crafty. They only love me when they want something. <laughs> they're a glorious dog. And once you've had a ceiling, I don't think you'll ever go back. Spoil for anything else. No, no, in, in, in a nice way. Yeah. In a nice way. Harry, that's fantastic. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. I found it fascinating. I sat with Harry just behind um, his stand with all the Celium Terriers, and they were gorgeous little dogs. I'm going to put some photographs of them on the uh, webpage at shineradio.uk forward slash dogs with jobs. And uh, if you work your dog or dogs and you'd be interested in coming and talking to me, please do get in touch. Team at shineradio.uk. I am fascinated in all dogs that have interesting jobs. Until next time, have a great few weeks. I'll be back in two weeks' time at the beginning of the next month. Dogs with Jobs, presented by Kate Fairweather and produced with John Wellsman. Come on, Petersfield, let's build a band.
A beat from Dragon Street and a snare from the square. A bass from Penn's Place, a gliss from Liss and a fill from Bell Hill. Ooh, some vocals from us locals and the Dave Gilmore of Tilmore. Only Petersfield's Shine Radio plays original music from local musicians. The Local Showcase with Mandy P is sponsored by Brickyard Studios. Petersfield's professional recording studio, rehearsal space and PA hire. The Local Showcase, Thursday nights at 9 and always online at shineradio.uk. 